Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz, I want to wish you a happy birthday this week. Thank you. Happy birthday to me. I wish I was there to give you a cake and some bacon. You need to come back soon. I miss you. I got spoiled because I kept seeing you. Like It seems like I saw you a couple times, like, closer than normal. And then... <laughs> There's only so much of me to go around, Liz. I know, but still. I might come next week. Why wouldn't you want to come here? Really? Yes. Okay, Um, we'll talk about that offline. We will. We'll talk about that. That's awesome. Um, So this week in the 80s, Liz, I have to say, um, was not such a hot week. A lot of cheesy songs, a lot of cheesy movies, TV shows debuted, like Archie Bunker's Place. So, not much to talk about except related to our long-running feud. It was in 1985, after months of squabbling, David Lee Roth leaves Van Halen to begin a solo career. That's right. How'd that work out? I did see that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, how did it work out for Van Halen after David Lee Roth left? Awesome. It worked I mean, out awesome. No, mm-hmm. it did not. I think so. It did not. Fifty-one fifty. <laughs> We're just gonna keep having this argument over and over again. Fine. It's like a married couple, like toilet seat up, toilet seat down. Um, <laughs> we just keep bickering. Um, I saw an interesting. This isn't eighties, but it's like affected the eighties, which is I think it was on Monday. In 1978, the first episode of Dallas aired. And I mean, that's like an influential 80s show. Yes. Did you ever watch that? Oh, my God. I think every episode a few times over. Who who shot JR? That was such a phenomenon. Oh, it was. I mean, I still think relative to the population, it was it's probably the most viewed. It's either that or the finale of MASH, I think. Yeah, yeah, but da- Dallas, like, we always talk about on the show, but it just reminds, it's an occasion to bring it up again, which is, we had such a different culture where there was a, a huge shared common, like, a much more common cultural signifiers that we shared, yep. like, ev- like, everybody watched Dallas, who shot JR, that was a cover Time magazine, Um the last episode of mash everybody knows the last scene right the very last scene when they're helicoptering out like there were so many shared like i guess you would say cultural glue really that we all had that that's a good way to put it even if you didn't like your neighbor you knew you could talk about like any number of things that you did have in common like hey what happened on dallas or hey what 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 happened on the cosby show i always use it as an example, because I just remember how that was so popular. Or also in the going into the '90s, a good decade, but not as good as the '80s, um, was uh, Melrose Place. Did you watch Melrose Place? I did not. No. It's garbage. It's so it's so bad. It's so cheesy. Did you watch 90210? I think I watched a few episodes, but like I was grown up by then. You know, I'm like, okay, I need oh. to move past this in life. I need to watch serious up. TV. <laughs> it, 
it's funny to go back and just watch that and think about it like like I'm just specifically talking about 90210 where you go look at them in high school and they just look so different you know the look of the popular girls they they didn't dress like hook like I feel like women they're there's such a like provocative style now whereas back then it seemed more wholesome not not to say there weren't sluts in high school. There, were, of course, there are always oh. there were and there always were. And there, but you know what I mean. The the fashion wasn't as sexualized. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Girls now, well, if they're not girls dressed up as boys, um, my biggest complaint is that they just take no pride in their appearance. You know, I mean, there was a big hubbub. I think when my daughter was in junior high about wearing leggings to school, you know, and they did not want girls to wear leggings, but that's like as provocative kind of as they got. But now they, I mean, they just like roll out of bed. They don't even care what they look like. Like we were up for hours beforehand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The aquanut took, going, the blue eyeshadow. That like, hair did not do itself. I mean, no, there was a teasing comb, hair dryer, aquanet, I mean, that was clicker? blue Remember eyeliner. The clicker, the clicker that now you have curly <laughs> hair. I had stick straight hair. So if I wanted to keep the bouffant, the 80s bouffant going, I brought a clicker with me to school that had butane in it and you could click it and oh heat God. it up. And in a moment's <laughs> notice, you had your bangs three inches high right where it started that morning. You are so lucky that you did not start a fire with that beauty <laughs> you were literally I'm not like saying I didn't. I'm not saying I didn't <laughs> but the statute of limitations has run out so I think I'm good you know my before I turned 16 my dad would drive me to school because his office was right near my high school and I wasn't allowed to to have my hair big like that was forbidden <laughs> so I had this giant bag like a like a bucket bag that just like Ali Sheedy's and Breakfast Club, you know, she dumps all that shit out. And in it, I had a giant like bottle of all set or something like and Depp. Remember Depp, the gel, right? And teasing comb. And so yeah, as soon as I got yep. school, Oh my God, yes, the gel. What the hell? Go so into school and like create my hair helmet. And <laughs> it was so crazy. I had so many of those like silver teasing combs. And I mean, I have big hair normally. So can you just imagine what my hair looked like when I teased it? It was it was a, literally a hair helmet. But oh, those the good old days. But you're right. I mean, I noticed that there's people are either dressed up like whores on like Instagram or Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat. Um, or they are dressed in their pajamas. Or an athleisure. I guess athleisure is now a new fashion. Is that right? Like it's fashion now. Yes. Or Liz, you know, we have more fashion icons apparently um, making their way through corporate America, getting God knows what sort of. I think we'll flip today. We'll save some of the political stuff for later. Um, Making God knows what. Um, as corporate now, what would you call this Dylan Mulvaney corporate um, poster? It what, what would it be? <laughs> poster the day. Spokes it. Poster zer. Poster zer. I don't. Spokes say. Spokes z. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
Okay, let's that, talk about that. I have not had a chance to really cover it or tweet about it. So this Dylan Mulvaney, who is a boy who dresses like a girl and shaves and puts makeup on, has landed huge um, advertising contracts. I think his first gig was with Ulta. Is that correct? Does that sound right? I think I think Ulta and then there may have been some others. But, yeah, I I definitely know Ulta jumped on the bandwagon with him, but then even weirder, like we're like Ulta, I'm not going to give them a pass, but this person wears makeup. So, okay. Right. Like people, there are male makeup artists. They wear makeup. If you care about your makeup and you're in the makeup business and you, that's your thing. Okay, fine. Men wear makeup. Or these men, and they're men, they're not, some of them have beards, but whatever, they wear makeup. But this week, Dylan Mulvaney is on beer cans of Bud Light, which is shit beer, first off, right? Let's get that out of the way. It's not I mean, beer. it's gross. Okay, just stop. It, I know. It's not. Like, that's, it really the, that's what you drink when you're eight years old, and you think, like, hey, I'm going to, and you still don't get drunk. You're eight years old, and you still don't get drunk because it's water. It's some disgusting it per, alleged beer but is that is that like the target market like for bud light is is that the tra- the trans community you know what i mean like you market you have spokespeople that are supposed to appeal to your market whether it's you know suburban wine moms or teenagers or golfers or w- whatever or you know, like when <clears throat> Acura started using Sid Vicious singing my way in a car commercial, you know, that's for Gen X, like that kind of thing. But Bud Light, which is shit beer, and they've got they're making cans with Dylan Mulvaney's face on it. And that is just really gross and weird to me. It's just from a just from a professional marketing standpoint I just feel like that doesn't make any sense but then it's it's even weirder because Nike these are very lucrative contracts by the way um and now Nike has given Dylan Mulvaney a contract to wear the women's athletic clothes which I I'm kind of it's, it, I'm just speechless. I mean, there's so many women out there who are athletic champions that you, you didn't, you know, you don't want them. You know what I mean? You don't want these, you want this, this person. And I don't know, I don't know about surgery, but I think that he has a penis still. So it's not even like he's got all the way, you know what I mean? He's like bought in. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. He hasn't been. What do you think, Julie? Yeah. He has not been castrated yet, apparently. Um, Here's what struck me yesterday. So I saw the Bud Light commercial, and it's ridiculous because, you know, he's acting like he had this rough day, and he's got in a bubble bath, and then he's got a stack of Bud Light behind him. Who does that? What? Who gets in a bubble bath with a can of Bud Light? I mean, nobody does that. Absolutely no one. Absolutely no one. So – 
um, in full makeup. And then he has a couple sips of this Bud Light and then he gets his groove on and he's like, you know, shimming around in the in the in the bubble bath. So it's absurd. Um, so Kid Rock did a um, message to Bud Light and Anheuser Busch, its parent company, and set up a bunch of cans and I think took his AR-15. I don't know what the rifle was. You probably know. And shot them all out. And then I think Travis Tritt, someone else came out recently and um, disassociated themselves with Travis Tritt. Yeah, with Anheuser-Busch. And then I saw some reporting hasn't been confirmed that there's inner turmoil at the company, um, you know, that this obviously was a mistake and didn't get proper approval through channels and, you know, synergy, corporate, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I'm going to tell you, I found the Nike ad and for people who haven't seen it you could see it on twitter i'm sure if you google it um youtube it you could see it the nike ad is insulting and what started to come together in my head is this is a man who is mocking women he is he is caricaturizing us right he's not really acting like a woman who's dealt with kids all day or really had a high pressure job or doing and the exercise one is so absurd that he's mocking women. That's not how women exercise. That's not how they look. That's not how they act if they're really trying to work out. So it struck me, this asshole and these companies supporting him are making fun of women. You're not portraying yes. women. You're not. Do you know any women who hop around like Dylan Mulvaney did no. in the night yet? Do you know no. any who act like he did in the bathtub? No. No, but, but the thing is, that's his whole shtick. Right. So it's important to know that this isn't necessarily a production of Nike or Bud Light. This is literally how this guy operates. So they knew what they were getting. Right. They knew. And he and he's controversial because a lot of women and this isn't really a political issue. This is just a woman, a womankind issue, which is that it's insulting. This he walks around talking about his period and how he he was going to go by tampons and this was a big deal on tiktok and that's insulting to women because first of all for our non-women listeners women don't talk about tampons we don't talk about our periods it's just there the most you're ever going to hear is someone go do you have any advil that's it nobody talks about it nobody asks people what kind of tampons do you use do you like super do you like light do you like the plastic applicators do you like nobody fucking talks about that so these weird obsessions with these really like base attributes of femininity it's so insulting and then of course many of the some of the activists trans activists like dylan are out there talk you know they're the ones that make um want us to be called birthing persons or um cis women and it's just all across the board it's completely insulting to women everywhere that work hard, raise children, you know, go through life dealing with risk of all sorts of risks we have as women, whether it's breast cancer or, you know, having those scares, going going to the doctor. It's just really, really offensive. And I, I don't know what these companies were thinking by bringing, again, this person who that is his brand. Again, this isn't Nike who did, who, who did 
didn't call him up and say, hey, can you make fun of women and prance around like an idiot in a commercial for us? No, they bought into it. They they said, yes, let's bring on this image and put it under our brand name. Disgusting. Disgusting. It really is. Well, this is what happens when you have woke millennials taking over you know, the the advertising, public relations, corporate communications departments of Fortune 100, 500 companies. Um, and when you have gut, their gutless supervisors who don't want to be accused of being anti-LGBTQ plus blah, 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 um, they think this is going to make them look really hip and cool. And meanwhile, the audience, the customers you know, the American people, majority, hopefully still have some sanity, see this for for what it is. And, um, you know, we'll see what Anheuser-Busch or even Nike at this point does. They're not going to do anything. Um, but the only thing that we can do is not give them, I mean, I don't drink beer anyway. I would not drink Bud Light ever. Um, you know, I have some Nike thing. It is just to, you know, but but it is a mockery of women. And since when is it okay for a man to take lucrative, you know, contracts that should go to women, that you're advertising women's athletic wear? And by the way, where are the women professional athletes? Where's Serena Williams saying, "Um, no, if you're going to sell women's athletic wear, then have a woman do it. Not some 90-pound freak who still has a penis making fun of women athletes. Well, there was an Nike has, I, I think one could make a, a strong case that Nike has a, a a past with some serious misogyny in it. I don't know if you remember, I can't remember the name of the athlete. Please forgive me. Um, I'm not a sport person, obviously, but, she, but there was a really long ex, expose in the New York Times about a woman who went to train. She was a runner at um, their athletic camps. I think it was in Oregon. She was like under their auspices, part of the Nike brand. And she, But she was like a very serious competitor, maybe even Olympic. And she details how they treated her. And it was horrible. I mean, really cruel, outrageous training, far and beyond what we would consider normal. I also think Nike like dropped a con someone, an, another athlete, female, who was on contract because she got pregnant. And they just like, why not show her working out pregnant? I mean, women work out pregnant. You know yes. what I mean? It's not like it's right. not, you know, all women, most women get pregnant. So, you know, why wouldn't you show her pregnant and being an athlete? Um, so I guess in a way, it's not that shocking that that Nike would pick up someone like this and go along with it. And nobody at any point like said, hey, wait, you know, this this is almost, you know, like slapstick. It was like right. slapstick. Right. With the running around and the stupid grin on the face. Um, just 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 disgusting. And people aren't speaking up. I mean, you know, I would stop buying Nike, but I already did that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't well, buy right. Nike stuff anymore. So right. I can't do that. And I sure as hell don't drink Bud Light um, by Sam Adams. Um, I'm not a big beer drinker either. But, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't really know how to stop these corporations from going down this path, except to just say you have to withdraw your money. You know, you 
you just want to find a company that is in the business of doing what their company, you know, whatever their company job is. They make sneakers, you make sneakers, shut up. You know, we don't need to have you weigh in on current events or social, some social engineering experiment. I don't know how this is going to go. I bet Nike and Bud Light, I read yesterday, Bud Light doesn't care. They're going to double down. So, um, you know, I guess they're sticking with it. And I'm sure Nike is going to stick with it, too. So they definitely will. Really? I mean, they know this is going to be, I mean, I don't know who this is intended to appeal to. It's just more, it's just more sickening poisoning of the culture. It is corporate America using its money and influence and power to teach young people that this is okay. Um, And and it's just not. And if you are a man and you want to dress like a woman, that's fine. But what this does is encourage it, encourage it, you know, turn someone like this mocking women, by the way, that's the emphasis, the problem, the mockery of women and teaching women, teaching, showing young women, oh, no, you're silly. You want to work out and this is what you look like, an idiot. Oh, you have a hard day, you know, from doing what? You have full makeup on, your hair is perfect, your nails are done. You're sick. What did you do? Did you go, you know, install, you know. You bought tampons. Plumbing somewhere? Like, you bought tampons. No, he bought tampons. You bought Bud Light. I mean, that, was, that was so stressful. Anyway, so. <laughs> People should really check that out. Um, disgusting. So I think the only other person who looked like a bigger fool this week is Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who, after much drama suspense leaks out of his office, finally um, indict- announced a grand jury indictment against Donald Trump and where Donald Trump was then arraigned in uh, New York City. Uh, we can talk about that. But the indictment then was that had been, you know, in the works was finally made public. And it landed, I think, Liz, with a big fat thud. No offense to Alvin Bragg. We're not talking about you being a big fat thud, even though you are. Um, It didn't go over well, even with those who promised this was going to be a major legal bombshell. Yeah, I mean, we didn't know what was. In the, nobody knew except Michael Isakoff at Yahoo News, who got the indictment leaked to him by who knows. Um, nobody really knew what the exact structure of this indictment was going to be, what what they were going to charge him with. And so in order to really, other than just saying it's political or people salivating at the idea of Trump getting frog marched and, and you know, fingerprinted and getting a mugshot, Nobody really knew what this guy had, but people hypothesized he didn't really have much, much based on what we knew. And then he got this this indictment. The, 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 the details came out. <clears throat> and this is just utter garbage. You know, this is just a show, just a big show for everybody. Um, the issue is we don't a New York City jury, you know, just the same thing you've seen with the J6 juries. Right. I mean, he's guilty because he's Trump. You know, it's not necessarily that he's guilty of whatever fantasy this guy's laid out, because basically the argument is, if I understand it, is that Trump. Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, who I believe is a convicted person, um, paid Stormy Daniels and I think another woman, too, 
um, something like $130,000 to shut her up about whatever happened between the two of them. And Trump never, never paid back Michael Cohen. Like he didn't write a check, you know, and say to Michael Cohen reimbursement for Stormy Daniels payola. So he, Bragg is trying to say that because Michael Cohen continued to get legal fees from Trump, that that was somehow reimbursing him for a campaign expense because hiding the Stormy Daniels affair or canoodling or whatever was um, like in the service of the campaign. I'm not, I'm not really even sure, but that's not even a crime. Okay, the Federal Election Commission didn't bother with that with Trump, and neither did the DOJ kind of looked into this and didn't move on it. And I believe Bragg's predecessor also didn't bother with it. Um, But Alvin Bragg campaigned on bringing Trump in for anything, jaywalking, you know, tearing off the tag on the pillow that says do not remove under penalty of law. I mean, it's basically like that. So the issue is, you know, you've got a New York City jury. And I think the judge is probably pretty shitty, too. So the judge can't even say, look, there's no crime here. So what's going on? Um, It's hard to say. But this is this is just the first of many things that are coming, I think. I mean, I know. Right. Trump's getting investigated by the DOJ. He's got a situation in Georgia over the election. Um, You know, it's just the first of of, of others that are coming. There's not going to be any he's not going to have any peace. So, yes, correct. So this is really nothing compared to what is coming. We could talk about that. But apparently the criticism of this 34 count all felony repetitive indictment is that it was a fraud to um, to to doctor uh, business documents to cover up another crime, except that Bragg could never identify what the underlying crime was. And I think when in his press conference, he sort of said, well, trying to protect your candidacy, you're running for president. Well, okay, protecting yourself from, you know, charlatans or, you know, even and story. Then she had to pay him like this came out an hour after the indictment that she had to pay another portion of his legal bills or for after she sued him. Yeah, I mean, it's a complicated web between her and Cohen and Trump and everything that happened. But but the yeah, bottom line well, is that there was not an underlying crime that was tr- attempted to be covered up. Right. Well, one of the th- things we've seen repeatedly with the Democrats is that they take these um, issues and they criminalize things that are normally not criminal matters. Like um, Hillary Clinton was fined for, I think we mentioned this last week, about literally concealing her payment of to buy the Steele dossier and money that went to Christopher Steele, who's a foreign spy um, and also was working on the payroll of the FBI. Um, And she shielded that and laundered it through her law firm so that when she filed her campaign disclosures, because you have to file campaign disclosures every quarter, which is how you how much money you get and where the money is going. And people often go through them and see who's spending their money, how who are they paying? And because Hillary Clinton didn't want um, to. I guess people to know that she was paying Fusion GPS. Um, she had her law firm pay it, and then the law firm is what appears on 
the campaign disclosures. Now, she was fined for doing that. That's not a criminal thing. That's she just got fined, just like um, they got Paul Manafort on certain crimes, crimes in air quotes, that are normally just administrative issues that are fixed. Right. Oh, you didn't file the right FARA form. Oh, you backed it. You just backed it and file it again. People that happens all the time here. But with Paul Manafort, it was much more serious. So this is what they're going to do to Trump. The process is the punishment. Do I think it's I, I don't, don't it's hard to say what any jury's going to do. But I will say that the more they do this to Trump, the more popular he gets. They they're only boosting him. Now, I don't know if they're not they don't they don't realize what they're doing or I don't know if they want to boost him because they think he's easier to defeat. I'm I'm not sure. What do you what what do you think, Julie? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, I know that that is the the thought that they want Trump to they want to use this to um, make him more popular, uh, make sure that he's nominated as the Republican um, presidential candidate. Even though without any of this, I think he might be regardless. But I that is one line of thinking is that this is a coordinated legal crusade to um, bolster his popularity and have people vote for him as a way to get revenge against, you know, the corrupt regime. Um, so I, I, I don't really buy into that. I really do think that this stretches all the way back to 2016. And when you have Jim Comey, the former disgraced, corrupt head of the FBI tweeting, um, I think twice this week that it was a good day. So he tweeted something about it was a good day. I think after the Alvin Bragg announcement Um, and then another one, it could have been related to all of these leaks that are coming out of the special prosecutor, Jack Smith's office. Um, So I, I, I don't really, I think it stretches back to that. You have this bloodlust on the left and they want Donald Trump in handcuffs and they want him in prison and they don't care what it takes to get him there. And so I think that this is, um, you know, the Department of Justice and National Security State and all these Democrats working to fulfill this promise that they are going to put Donald Trump in jail eventually. I think for me, that's the bigger likelihood of all of this than trying to elevate him as a candidate. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense, too. And also, I think they're trying to get anyone in his orbit. And also, it sets an example, right? I mean, they're making an example out of him. They're scaring people um, to from not associating with him as well. And I think sending a message out to anyone else who wants to, like, be Trump, Trump-like and run for office. Um, right. And I, and I, I, just, I, I do think he's raised quite a bit of money <laughs> the past couple of weeks. Off yeah, of that. I think he's made like $10 million. Dollars. Yeah. He's right. 10, he's right. It's $10 million off of this. So um, and you can't blame him. I know that the left was like, oh, he's fundraising off it. So so was the left. Oh, so absolutely. were they. Yes, know? of course. Um, So, I mean, and they knew they knew this would happen. They knew that this would be the way that Trump Trump reacted. So and we also can tell that they're going to drag this out because I think the next hearing is like in right. December or something. Exactly. It's so, December. And I'm sure that um, they know Trump will want to talk about this because that's Trump, right? That he's going to go out and talk about this crazy prosecutor and this terrible judge and, um, you know, in a, tr- in, in a way that Trump does. And 
they didn't put a gag order on him, but I think that they're waiting for him to just step over some imaginary line before the right. judge comes out and says, all right, we're going to have to put a gag order on you. Now, of course, Washington Post, MSNBC, Axios, Politico, et cetera, The Hill, they aren't going to have a, a they're going to have gag order on it. Like the media doesn't have a gag order, even though it's obviously working for some side. You'd even put a gag order on Trump and say what he's corrupting a jury pool. Well, <laughs> that that's happening 24 seven from these news outlets. They're just like they did prejudice the jury pool against the J6ers, you know? So, well, uh, and I, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think the judge, the judge did say, make sure you don't say anything that's going to incite violence or civil unrest. Like what is, so this is another, of course, democratic judge. And I know, I think Trump and his maybe Don Jr. got in trouble, not in trouble. I don't care. Gloves are off. No more manners, no more decorum. You guys want it this way. It's going to happen. So they posted an article about the judge's 31-year-old daughter. She's not 12. She's a grown woman who's using her father's connections as a judge to work for Democrats. And so everyone was up in arms. Oh, you shouldn't attack the family. Oh, please. They've been attacking, investigating, threatening Donald Trump's children and family for years. Now, all of a sudden... they only want it to play one way, right? They only want the rules, the the rules of the game to play in one direction. And we just can't do it anymore. That is so important, Julie. That's such an important point. It's like there aren't any rules except for our side if we keep pretending that there are rules. Um, and That's right. And it's time no to, more th- rules. for there not to be rules. So there's no rules. Um, certainly, you know, obviously not. <clears throat> I would be against like a minor child, but that's. That's not what's in question here. This is a 31-year-old woman. If if the situation was reversed, they would have already interviewed the kindergarten teacher of this, you know, the judge's daughter and gone through her garbage. And it would have been all, it would have been okay. Just like, who was the guy, was it Carpe Donctum that they, or maybe it was some other guy that did the CNN video that they just, this guy had no formal relationship with Trump campaign at all. I think he was just some schmuck whatever and they like hunted him down and doxed him for just because right. he made a video so so don't give me that oh yeah this daughter's off limits no she's a political uh, animal like her father they're connected they're tied to democratic po- politics and this is completely legit so too bad no i 100 percent agree i wish that republicans would be better about that so the only way to really stop this is to have a mutually assured destruction situation. That's right. And you're right. Republicans have to get better at it. I don't know that they really are. You know, where are the hearings, Liz? Where are the nighttime hearings from House Republicans? Why are they not demanding equal time to the networks and cable news stations who gave wall-to-wall coverage to the January 6th committee? Where, where are, what are they doing? Like, where are these people? We have another, you know, thing today from Jim Jordan, another um, subpoena for a line prosecutor in the Alvin Bragg case, I guess the one who first ditched it. But why are you, you have so many corrupt prosecutors and partisan vengeful head U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., plus all of Maine DOJ. Why are you messing with this? This isn't, this is a nothing case. Like, leave it alone. Trump well, can and handle it. Because, 
Well, there's also not one of the big problems is that when Republicans have investigations, there's no matter what they find, no matter what comes out. Right. And, and of course, you know, with the Russia collusion hoax, it took like two years or a year really for us to kind of we knew some we we didn't believe it, but we didn't have details like it took a while to kind of get the details. And that's thanks to Devin Nunes, really, for for getting a lot of that stuff out. But there are no consequences, no matter what we find for any of these government bureaucrats that engage in this misbehavior. Right. So even just going back to Lois Lerner. So we found out what Lois Lerner was doing, and then maybe the IRS changed some things around, so you can't do that anymore. But nothing happened to Lois Lerner, and that happens over and over and over again. So they're going to subpoena Bragg. He's going to tell him to fuck off or whatever. You know, he's going to not do anything. But even if he doesn't, what's going to happen, right? Or James Clapper lied before Congress. What's going to happen? Nothing happens. And the problem with this is that there's no dis, there's nothing to disincentivize these activists from doing this shit future. So what you make a little rule change, you pay a little lip service and you say, oh, we're not going to allow that anymore. We have something in place or you're not allowed to do that. But then there's literally five million people that are Democrats. Where's this one from? I know this is and it's different for the left because the left will refer people to to the DOJ and the DOJ will take action, whether it's prosecuting them and ultimately putting them in jail like they did, to, for instance. Right is in control. We can't really send anything to DOJ because the DOJ itself is corrupt. So they're not going to do anything. So really, it's like we have hearings, we learn information that's helpful, but no incentive from somebody to start and do something completely different, but with the same goal in mind the next day. Because they're not punished. They're not fired. Lose don't go to jail. So system no, is they broken. Don't. They don't. And um, again, the big, this is nothing compared to what's coming. You saw Trump during his speech at Mar-a-Lago after he returned to Florida from New York. And he brought up Jack Smith. And I use Jack Smith in quotes. Um, he is special counsel in name only. He was appointed by Merrick Garland last November uh, after the revelations about Joe Biden having classified documents in numerous locations in his possession. So appointed Jack, and after Trump announced, appointed Jack Smith as the special counsel to investigate both classified documents and January 6th. Um, But There's plenty of reporting to show that the same prosecutors and investigators who started both investigations are just basically switched letterhead. They're working directly with Jack Smith, including Thomas Windham, who is the main federal prosecutor on handling January 6th investigation. He moved over to Jack Smith's team. This is not independent. This is not impartial. Jack Smith himself is tied to a few scandals of his own including he was head of the um, public integrity section for the Department of Justice under Barack Obama. He is named in um, uh, related to the Lois Lerner IRS targeting of Tea Party Group scandal. Um, He also was the one who um, charged, investigated and then charged um, Bob. Is it McDonald? Bob McDonald, the Virginia governor. And that was overturned. He was investigating Tom DeLay. He decided not to charge him with anything, but still investigated him. Um, He's also cut his teeth 
in the New York County um, District Attorney's Office. So he has ties to this same office that's now um, indicted Donald Trump for uh, uh, the um, Stormy Dan, whatever you want to call it, bad records keeping. Um, so this is who Jack Smith is. He was in The Hague allegedly prosecuting war criminals that's supposed to give him a, this veneer of, you know, tough prosecutor, independent, but he's not. And I think his wife also was a documentarian who what did she do? A Michelle Obama? I can't recall what she did. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I, I can't either. No, she's she's a political activist, too. So um, Jack Smith is encircling Donald Trump and his team. And unfortunately, because unfortunately for Donald Trump and everyone around him, all of these matters are handled in the D.C. District Circuit Court as well, appellate court. Uh, and what's happening, Liz, that people should be aware of, and I'm not so sure that this is a bad thing, but the way it's happening is a bad thing, is the total erosion of executive privilege for a, a former president. So what the uh, Jack Smith's office, uh, with full consent by D.C. judges, are denying executive privilege claims for everyone from Trump himself um, down to Mark Meadows, Robert O'Brien, his national security advisor, John Ratcliffe, who was his director of national intelligence, Evan uh, Cochran, who was his private attorney. All executive privilege claims have been pierced by these judges, Obama appointed judges like Beryl Howell, and now upheld by the D.C. appellate court. Um, for the first time, a prosecutor, the DOJ has sought grand jury testimony from a vice president tied to a criminal investigation into his former boss. So Mike Pence now will have to testify. Get this though, Liz. Um, and this is why Mike Pence is so sneaky. So he, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump tried to prevent Mike Pence's, um, testimony to the grand jury investigating Trump for January 6th. He, so um, Mike Pence also filed, everything is sealed, right? So these are the most consequential orders, you know, court cases, some in American history, but everything is under seal. The hearings are under seal. The motions are under seal. We can't, can't hear or see anything except what's leaked to the press. So Mike Pence also filed and um, he will now have to testify about his conversations and communications and meetings with Trump leading up to January 6th. But he is now prevented, shielded from talking about exactly what he did on January 6th because he technically was acting as a legislator, as the head of the Senate that day. So under, I think it's the speech and debate clause, he is protected. He doesn't have to talk about January 6th. Now, how odd is that and why is that? you're investigating January 6th and everything that happened that day, Mike Pence played a key role, right? He was the one who waited until the last minute to give Trump his three-page letter outlining why he didn't think, you know, the Eastman proposal would work, why he didn't have constitutional authority to do anything about the counting of the Electoral College votes. There's still some question as to his movements. Um, it was months before we found out he actually left the Capitol building and went to like an underground garage where he stayed with the Secret Service, but we don't know that exact location. And in court and in trials and 
court proceedings for January 6th, that a lot, a large part of that has been concealed too. Uh, we don't know, you know, his communications, his secret service agents, who they were communicating with. So there's still some details left out about Mike Pence's movements and conduct on January 6th. We'll never know now because he's protected from testifying on that, which I think is interesting. So this is just a obviously very long winded way of saying that they are sweeping up everyone around Trump, getting dirt. They're leaking sealed orders um, and sealed motions. They're going to start leaking um, parts of testimony, which they already did yesterday. Um, and so we'll start seeing more leaks about the grand jury testimony documents, records that these people are forced to turn over. Um, but this is all to build momentum and justify what's, what will be a criminal, federal criminal indictment of Donald Trump. You know, the Democrats don't care about this because they don't think, well, for two reasons, I think they don't care about eroding the executive the very important, I think, uh, privilege of executive office used against them. And I, I believe it's because they don't think they'll ever be a Republican president. They don't care about this because they don't think they're going to be victims, victims of it. This is my belief. And that's either because they think Republicans who, if they get in power, won't use that against them. Or they think Republicans will just never get her. Um, that's that's my assessment. I mean, it's I know a lot of experts, and I mean, not partisan people, but people who are just lawyers, or constitutional lawyers, have really talked about how terrible and dangerous this is to chip away at executive privilege. But you know, the Democrats don't care. You know, they don't care about any of this if it's in the service of getting more power. Somebody well, had said. Oh, go ahead. Um, made an interesting said something on Twitter yesterday. Oh, go ahead. that's a, saying that the Democrats use money to get more power, but the Republicans use power to get more money. Yeah, that's this really I thought quite fitting. Uh, anyway, what were you going to say? Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, so in terms of the charges, I think that um are coming and you're right. They don't think that a Republican president is ever going to be elected again. And they are probably could be right. And that's terrifying because then this DOJ, the U S attorney's office in DC, this will just be a permanent fixture to do nothing. And, you know, keep in mind, they're not just going after Trump, you know, they, the FBI stole representative Scott Perry's cell phone basically out of his hand the day after the Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, so this would be August 9th, stole his phone. He got, you know, of course, again, um, was subpoenaed in the January 6th investigation, signed off by Beryl Howell, who was the chief judge at the time. She's still there. Um, and then ruled, and Scott Perry, and again, this is all under seal, ruled, okay, same thing, speech and debate clause, I'm a legislator, you know, I should be able to communicate freely. She denied a big part of that, um, but extracted the contents of his phone, and they still have it. Now, Scott Perry has appealed this, of course, and I think it's still pending. I haven't checked his case in a while. But, you know, this opens up the door. So here's two places where this is headed. It is not just an indictment of Donald Trump. If he's indicted on conspiracy, which I believe he will be, 
um, conspiring to overthrow democracy or halt the peaceful transfer of power, then the other people involved in the conspiracy are not just going to be the Proud Boys. It's going to be everyone who is tied to it. Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman. They'll go after Scott Perry. They'll probably go after the House members who were planning to object to the um you know, the votes in those six states that day, um, you know, they could go after his attorney. This has wide ranging consequences. The big fish obviously is Trump. But if he's charged with conspiracy or, God forbid, seditious conspiracy, which also is a possibility, he will have other conspirators. And those will be the people around him who have testified um, about what they said and, and did. In those weeks and months leading up to January 6th, the other big thing people should prepare for, Liz, is this Department of Justice seeking pretrial detention for Donald Trump. There is a precedent for it. And if anyone thinks, oh, no, they'll never go that far. I see people. He has Secret Service agents. He can't go to jail. When you have a history now of two years of the Department of Justice seeking and getting pretrial detention, meaning denying bail for defendants who are accused even of nonviolent crimes like conspiracy or obstruction of an official proceeding, this will enable Jack Smith to go to a D.C. district court judge and say, here's the case lot, here's the history. Um, He was the leader of the conspiracy. He's dangerous. He says inflammatory things. He's trying to incite violence, blah, blah, blah. He should be incarcerated. I It would not shock me they at all. They could put him on house arrest, right? So he can't go campaign or something. You know what I mean? It would they be sure like, could. Yep. They could they, put him on, uh, yeah, home yeah, incarceration. They're not just going to let him walk true. out and go back to Mar-a-Lago. There's no way. If he's indicted on several felonies, which it looks like this is where it's headed, both for classified documents, there was a leak this week that the obstruction angle of that is even bigger than classified documents because I don't think he had classified documents that he was trying to withhold from the FBI after that raid. I don't think that they exist. So now they're going well, to say- we don't he, know, no. right? I mean, they've never really said what they got, right? I mean, we don't know the specifics. It's just very vague. We don't know because out of the 13,000 items of evidence they stole, they later said about 100 records had classified markings on them. Well, that doesn't mean really anything. And they, of course, they tried to hide that not just from the judge and um, Donald Trump's legal team, but they fought very hard against that special master, the third party, which was appointed and then, of course, overturned. So no one has still seen the documents they claim are classified except that that prop photo where they're all like laid out on the floor. Um, so this is the real red zone danger territory for Trump. And I think it's something our side has to prepare for. Yeah, I I I, I can't even imagine what would happen if they if they did that if they held him on pre-trial detention i'm i'm mentally not even capable of thinking of what would happen what what the reaction from people would be i almost think that they would do it on purpose so that they could get a reaction i don't know yeah Maybe i'm too I conspiratorial that, but i find that I i'm think never people too think that that's where true. these people are concerned yeah i think people believe that that's true 
that they are going to do whatever they can to ratchet up and incite and instigate violent, you know, rallies and violent uprising based on taking Donald Trump away in cuffs and incarcerating him either, you know, at home or in some D.C. jail. They have no reason not to. None. Well, they they do and they they don't. Right. I mean, they they do have reason not to do it, because I think that there's still an important number of people who don't like Trump. And they're not, didn't vote for him, but they're not radical progressives. And if they saw something like this, they might they might get turned away. I don't know. Maybe I'm too optimistic. Like, I want to think people are getting hip to what's going on. And maybe that's naivete on my part. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to say with all the media bias and all the selective information that's getting out there and the way that, um, there's just been so much disinformation about Trump and I mean, people believe lies. I think it was somebody was out there, um, when they outside, when they were going through, when Trump turned himself in and, Maybe Jesse Waters, because he's the kind of guy that does this, where he was going around talking or somebody from his show was like, hey, so what did Trump do? That's illegal. You know, like they were holding a, you know, fuck Trump or lock him up. And so he he asked a bunch of people, like, what did he do? None of them could answer. They just know they're supposed to hate Trump. But I, I want to believe that there's that's not everybody and that there's still a, a, a enough people who don't who maybe don't like Trump, but they're going to think that this is too much and that that would be damaging to them long term. But maybe I'm optimistic. What do you, what, what do you say to that, Julie? I don't know. I mean, I do think that some people, and I think there's just a lot of sleepwalkers on our side too, um, who still don't understand what is coming and what this, what our federal government is turning into and what these courts more importantly are willing to do to sign off, on whatever the government wants. So I do think a lot of, you know, people in between, maybe they're not fans of Trump or they hate him even see that this is crossing over into some very dangerous division, divisive territory that our country's never really seen, uh, you know, except maybe during times of war, but um, that you can't argue that the federal government most powerful agencies are being weaponized against not just Trump, but Republicans in general, and now just Republican voters, period. Yeah. I, I, that's some dark shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? and But it's good that you, no, no, no. But I, I mean, it's good that you bring it up because I do think it's something people need to consider. I think we've always been kind of, stuck in this idea like oh they would never go that far oh they would never do that but it's kind of like after all the stuff we've seen in the last six years you know we we haven't really found their line yet (laughs) you know like where where's that place they won't go that's right it seems like we've not they're going everywhere without without hesitation um but that makes me that makes me ask this question and this is i felt like this in 2020 and i i feel like this now i i don't know what they're planning but i cannot imagine they're going to let trump win another election and no, I, I don't right. think the only thing is they're going to put him in jail right i don't think it's that 
I, it, it's something else. And I said this, and I'm sure you remember if you're a faithful listener to Happy Hour, Julian Liz, I said this in 2020, I cannot imagine they're going to let him win an, win an election. Right. I just right. can't. Right. I, and, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm right on that. I, and I have no idea what they're concocting. Just like I <sighs> the Russia collusion hoax, right? The extent of it. Right. I, that's just, that's my, that's my opinion. And that's not to say they would ever let a Republican win again either, but I definitely think they're not going to let, especially when Trump's out a couple of days ago, going, we have to dismantle the FBI. I'm like, well, I mean, not that, I mean, he's right, but yeah. I mean, they're obviously not going to take that laying down. <laughs> so something's a brewing. You mean when I they're when, you mean when they're planning to build a huge um, new FBI headquarters bigger than the Pentagon? You think that that's really gonna happen at the same time? Like it's just to see Republicans continue to reward this agency and fail to follow through on all the threats that they've made. Um, it that's even more frustrating than watching what this DOJ is doing. Well, they could, they, they still can defund that building. The appropriate, the rep- appropriations are going on now. I mean, they're going through stuff right now and yeah. there is still a way that where they can simply say, we're not, the Republicans will not pass a budget. The house Republicans will not sign on to any budget that funds th- this building and among other things. That's just a one of several things that needs to immediately be defunded and they could um, nut up and, and stomp, put, you know, stomp their feet and say, absolutely not. We'll shut down the government to do it. And then we, we can play chicken. Wake me up when that happens. Suck at. <laughs> wake I know. <laughs> which will never happen because the Republicans <laughs> are pussies. Let's be on. Let's just be straight. So, yes. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that note. So we are at an hour and thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week. Maybe. What is next week? Yes, we it's will be the back 13th. next week. Yes, we will. Okay. So we'll be back next week. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. 